Well, praise God. It's so good to be here this morning. Uh, I just could not help but think how blessed we are uh, as Colleen played, to have Colleen play. That was beautiful. Thanks so much, Warren, wherever you went. Warren, thank you for, for helping out. That just adds to our service so much. Such, such an encouragement. What a great time. You know, the, I laugh because the last time I did this, I said that, um, I thank you, that <laughs> that knew the pastor was going to be gone but still showed up. And uh, Don said, we forgot. <laughs> so this morning, this morning I says to Don, I said, Don, you forgot again. <laughs> oh, well, praise God, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And uh, I trust and I pray, have prayed that God would speak to your heart. Uh, we're not... We're not into doing services just to do services. I mean, there's a lot of things. In a busy world, there's a lot of things we could be doing. We want God to speak to our hearts. We want a touch from the true and living God, and, and uh, I believe that can happen. So I've uh, prepared some thoughts. In the time we have left here, we will be brief, but I hope to the point. Th- this is what we're talking about this morning is a prayer that has blessed my heart and been an encouragement to me many times. I, I think of this many times uh, throughout my ordinary life in the things that I do. And um, so, everyone wants to be, everyone wants to believe God is a fair God. He is equitable. He does the right thing. This is what Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, believed. Now, Jehoshaphat was clearly less than perfect. but The Bible tells us that he had set his heart to seek God. He was trying to do the right thing and serve God. Then all of a sudden, enemy nations, a great multitude, were preparing to destroy Judah. And it was entirely out of his control. Jehoshaphat recounts to the Lord what had happened. He pleads for mercy and divine intervention, then he places his total faith and trust in the Lord. Jehoshaphat prayers, prays. I'm going to read just part of Jehoshaphat's prayer, Second Chronicles 20, and I'll begin reading with verse 10. Now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, Jehoshaphat praying to God, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, they turned aside from them and did not destroy them. See how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your inheritance, which you have given us as an inheritance. O our God, will you not judge them? For we, have, we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming up against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Let's pray. Father, this morning our eyes are on you. Lord, we pray that uh, this passage would speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would guard my tongue against anything inaccurate. Lord, may, may the words that come from me be your words. And may, may they speak to hearts and draw people to Jesus Christ. May Jesus Christ be lifted up. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jehoshaphat said, we're powerless. We are powerless against, against, against them. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. 
So get the picture here. Put it in today's world. Trying to do the right thing. Love God. Read the Bible. Go to church. Pray. Sincerely trying to love and serve God. Then all of a sudden, tragedy strikes. What do we do? Let's, let's look at what Jehoshaphat did. Jehoshaphat communicates three truths to God that God knew. But Jehoshaphat, in his prayer, he related them to God. Jehoshaphat had to embrace them before God could act, and that's what he did. So I want to look at, at let's, let's embrace God's perspective of the battle. That's what Jehoshaphat did, embrace God's perspective of the battle as he used three words, look at three words that Jehoshaphat used. First of all, powerless, powerless. Um, for we are powerless against this great multitude. We are powerless. Two truths about the word powerless I want to talk about. The first thing is, I am unable. I, I am totally unable. I am total, it's totally out of my control. And that's the way things happen in life, totally out of my control. This is not uncommon. The scripture tells us about, about men of God in the Bible that things were totally out of their control. Think of Abraham, 100 years old, his wife's 90, and he says, we're going to have a child? That's totally out of his control. If anything's going to happen, God, you got to do it. The same thing with Joseph. Joseph in prison for, for doing uh, nothing wrong. Joseph did the right thing. He ends up in prison. Uh, Joseph, Joseph was in prison. He interpreted dreams for the pharaohs, butler, and baker. And he said to them before they left, he said, when you get out of here, tell them about me. Get me out of here because I'm unjustly here. They forgot about him a couple of years. Moses. Moses was just herding sheep in the, in the wilderness. How, God appears to him and says, you're going to bring the Israelite nation out of the nation of Egypt. How do you do that? Moses says, cannot do. Moses did end up doing it, but his initial response to God was, God, that's a great idea. Wrong man. Find somebody else. God kind of had to talk him into it. Impossible situation. And then, of course, David, a young boy, a young man, stands before Goliath, a 10-foot giant, a, a warrior. It looks like suicide. There are things in each of our lives that we have to say we're powerless. God, this is out of my control, totally out of my control. That's the first thing I want to talk about. The second thing is God planned it that way. God planned it that way. It's not a mistake. We need to thank God for that which is out of our control. You know, we show, we show our acceptance of God's working in our life when we thank him for the things that he does in our lives. We, when we thank him, we show, we show acceptance. And I've prayed this prayer, God, I thank you for what you're doing in my life. That's not always easy. But as we do that, we, we show God that we are accepting the things that he's bringing into our life. You remember when Jesus told the, the parable of the sower? 
and the sower went out, and the seed fell among rocky ground, it fell among thorny ground, it fell um, beside the road, and then it fell in good soil. The scripture says that, speaking, illustrating the, with, with people that where the, where the seed fell in the good soil was those who hear the word of God and accept it. They accept it. Accept the word of God. So, there's things in our life that are out of our control that we can thank God for. We can thank God for when in time we were born, when we lived, the end of the 20th century, the beginning of the 21st century, where I was born, America. You know, we, we look at America and we see problems, and there are problems, but America is still the envy of the world. It's the great, greatest place on earth to live. It's great. We have it so good. We have so much abundance here. We need to thank God for whom I was born to, the family that I grew up in. God used that family and uses that family to draw you to himself. My siblings, thank God, and this is a hard one for some, <laughs> thank God for my brothers and sisters. I, th I have two brothers, and I thank God for both of them. Do I agree with either one of them? No. No, that don't happen. But I love them both. They're great men. They have, they have contributed to my life probably more than I've contributed, contributed to them. At least it seems like it to me. And then we need to thank God for our daily life. Daily life and things that are out of our control. God planned it that way. I want to read um, from the book of Romans here. Romans in chapter 7. Uh, things are out of our control just, just because of our sinful nature, just because of our makeup, because of who we are. Romans 7, begin reading with verse 14, it says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am, but I am of flesh, sold into bondage to sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I am practicing, for I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For the, for the willing is present in me, but the doing of it, doing of the good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. Think of that. It's, it's our sinful nature. It's the way we are. It's, it's our makeup. We, the Apostle Paul here says my experience. The thing I want to do, I don't do. And the thing I don't want to do, I do. And he goes on to say, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The, the point I'm making is that Apart from faith in God through the person of Jesus Christ, we're powerless against ourselves. We are, we're powerless against ourselves. Um, we are sinners by nature, and 
except from except for faith in Jesus Christ, we will be defeated, and we are defeated. You know, um, recently here, I was having dinner with my family, my mother and my brother and his family, and I look over at my nephew, and he just had he just had a birthday, so I said, "You just turned seventeen," and he said, yeah, 17. And so I looked at my mother and I says, hey, mom, you remember when I was 17? And she began to laugh and she said, yes, how can I forget? Uh, When I was 17 years old, 18 and 19, my later teens, the fact that I was a sinner by nature was becoming increasingly evident. It was was showing. Um, But at that time, I, I recall that time. And at that time, I believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross. I believe he wanted to forgive me. But I thought in order for me to be a Christian, I would have to be perfect. I would have to be like sinless. And I knew that 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 just wasn't happening. So, through a work of God and what God did in my life, he, he brought people into my life to encourage me. I remember someone said to me, whenever Christ died on the cross, all your sins were in the future. So he not only forgave you, forgave you then, he forgives you now. And, and I learned and I, and I grabbed on to the fact that God still loves me. And I may blow it tomorrow. Here it's been um, like 37 years and I'm not perfect yet. <laughs> uh, so as I, as I grabbed on to, to that, that God loved me and that I could trust him by faith, and I started reading my Bible and praying and going to church, God started doing things within me that did make me more honoring to him. Not perfect, but, but more honoring to him. It was, it was uh, life-changing. But that's what the scripture tells us, that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. As we delight ourselves in God and we seek him, he will, he will put within us godly desires, and he will fulfill those. The Apostle Paul said, God is at work in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. God is at work within us to put those desires in us and to fulfill them that he would have for us. And he does that, and he's done that in my life. And it wasn't me wanting, wanting to serve God, uh, going to Bible college. The things that, that I did was not, was not something from me. That was something God did. God put those desires within me, and God fulfilled those, and I thank him for it. All it requires from us is focusing on God, trusting in him, and looking to him after we've come to the place that we've asked him to save us. God continues to work in us. And that's what the Apostle Paul also wrote about when he said that we can be confident of this very thing, that he that begun a good work in us will perform it under the day of Jesus Christ. Or that, that what God has started within us, he's not going to abandon. He loves us. We're his children. He continues to want to work in our heart and in our life. Our victory comes through faith. Our victory comes through faith in, in God, in the sovereign God 
working in our lives every day. And it takes me back to when the mob came to get Jesus. And Peter valiantly pulls out a sword and he chops off the ear, the right ear, of the uh, servant of the high priest. And Jesus said to Peter, he said, Peter, put the sword into the sheath. The drink, the cup that my father has given me, shall I not drink it? In other words, Peter, it's not time to try to take things in, into your control. It's not to try to take things into your hands. God is in control. This is not out of God's control. He's doing a great thing here. Let's trust him. Let's trust him. Let's trust the Lord by faith every day. The first word that I want to talk about that Jehoshaphat said was powerless. The second one is no. He said, for we know not what to do, nor, nor do we know what to do. The answer to this battle is not within me. To be concise, I don't know. What I'm saying is if I had the power to do whatever, I do not know what to do. So how do I win? Battles before us. Remember, we're trying to look at the battle from God's perspective. The everyday battle that we fight. The battle before us. I don't know what to do. What do I do? James tells us, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. So I pray, I read and memorize God's word, because this is how I gain wisdom. Looking at life from God's perspective. That's wisdom. Looking at life from God's perspective. An eternal perspective. I embrace his perspective and his agenda. I gain wisdom by believing and obeying God's word. That's, that's how I gain wisdom and I grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ by obeying, by reading and obeying, by accepting God's word. In the Proverbs, it says, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. So as we, as we act on what we know, God continues to work. We learn. We have wisdom. But still, sometimes I don't know what to do. Sometimes I just don't know what to do. And that's just the way it is. Uh, you remember when Jesus was speaking, this is what he said. This is what Jesus says in Mark chapter 4. Jesus says, The kingdom of God is like a man who cast seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night, and he gets up by day, and the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. The soil produces crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. The, the point I'm making here is there's some things we just don't know. Some things God didn't intend for us to understand. Once again, he says, and he goes to bed at night and gets up by day and the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. And that's, it seems like where I find myself. I don't know. The how, when, where, I don't know. 
I trust the Lord. I, I can do things that, that, that by which I gain wisdom, and I try to do that, especially with, with uh, teenagers and a family. In my house, I've said more than once, I'm not saying a word until I talk to the pastor because I'm looking for wisdom. And, and I, I bounce, thing off, bounce things off guys in our church here about my experience. And they say, well, this is what I did or this is what happened. No, Jehoshaphat said, nor do we know what to do. We don't know what to do. We put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The last word I want to look at is you. Jehoshaphat speaking to the Lord said, you. We're not talking about the power of the mind or manipulating anything or anything like that. We are talking about trusting God alone. Trusting in God alone. We're talking about faith and trust in the true and living God. Jehoshaphat could have tried to pay another king an army to help. But that was common at that time. Jehoshaphat could have tried to pay off the invading army. But Jehoshaphat said to the Lord, Our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. Jehoshaphat and Judah's faith was in God alone, and God, God loves to prove himself when he completely trusts in him. So this battle that was about to begin, and as it turns out, as it turns out, uh, a prophet says, Jehaziel says, uh, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but the Lord. You need not to fight this battle. Station yourself, stand, and see the salvation of the Lord. And as it, as it goes on, Second uh, Chronicles verse 20 says, They arose in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. When they, when they began to... When they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Mount Seir, they helped to destroy one another. And the point is that as the... the children of Judah, who went out before the army, singing and praising God, focusing on God. God brought confusion into the enemy camp, and they destroyed each other. They destroyed each other because Jehoshaphat and his people's faith was on the Lord. Faith, our, our faith is what's, what uh, gives us strength. This particular prayer that Jehoshaphat used, I have used in my own life, in my personal life, on a regular basis. Lord, I don't know what to do. My eyes are on you. Lord, I, I feel powerless. This is over my head. I don't know what to do. My eyes are on you. Faith. Faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is what brought America to greatness. Faith 
has sustained us as a world leader. Faith is essential for our daily lives. We're powerless against our own bodies apart from faith. We need faith and trust in the Lord. The, in the Proverbs, we're told, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach. Sin is a disgrace to any people. When, when we lack faith, we lack um, righteous living, we, we lack what brings honor to our Lord. You know, we live in a nation today that uh, was established established on a strong faith. Our founding fathers had a faith. We find ourselves today in dependency. We de- de- depend on people on the other side of the world who hate us, by the way, to supply us with oil. We de- depend on other nations to give money to us because we live um, way out of our out of our means, and this this is not something that wasn't predicted. This is not something that the people didn't know was going to happen. I have I have a uh, a thought here, and this thought is from years ago. Years ago. Let me read. The King's Business Magazine carried an, carried an article on a few a few years ago about a report that reported the average age of the world's greatest civilization was about 200 years. These nations progressed through this sequence. Listen, from bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage from courage to liberty, liberty to abundance, from abundance to selfishness, selfishness to complacency, complacency to apathy, apathy to dependency, and dependency back into bondage. What a sad story. If, if um, I think if we took a long look at where we're at as a nation, I think this, this rings pretty true. Faith, faith is the victory. Our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is the only thing that is going to, to bring into our lives the things we're looking for, the, the, the fulfillment in life and the things that we are looking for will not be found apart from our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we are so thankful for all that you've done for us. And we're thankful for your word, the foundation for our faith. We're thankful that our faith is based on your word, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. And Lord, I thank you for this time and this opportunity to share your word. Lord, we pray, and I pray pray Jehoshaphat's prayer, prayer regularly. Things are out of my control, Lord. I don't know what to do, but I'm looking to you. I'm trusting you. So, Lord, we pray, and I pray, for anyone that would be here this morning that that may have never come to know you, that this morning they would find the meaning to life.
And for those of you that, that, that are Christians that have been born again, Lord, I pray that their faith would be strengthened, that they, could, they feel like they can trust you, that they could find rest for their souls in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, before I conclude, I want to say, Lord, we thank you for our pastor. We love him and Lois. Give them rest. Give them uh, happiness and joy. Bring them home refreshed. And just guide our church as we continue to trust you by faith. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.